The field of somatic psychology, which is the study of the mind-body connection, estimates that 90% of human communication is non-verbal. Body language being the most easily visible expression, but it's not the entire story. I'm proposing that the majority of our communication is rooted in the physical sensations produced within our bodies. How we feel inside is what determines how we express ourselves. So even though our culture has trained us to focus on the words we hear people say, other parts of our brain focus heavily on that 90% of nonverbal information that is very difficult for us to attach words to. Our internal resources hyper-focus on the nonverbal. So when we learn to better interpret this language, we can then gain wisdom that was previously unavailable to us. This wordless wisdom is the deep underground reservoir that can nourish our inner power. So some examples of this nonverbal expression is intonation. The way in which I say these words. Of course, there's facial expressions. There's body movements. And then there's also how we feel inside of our body. These are the physical sensations that we feel at any given moment. They constantly change. So we can try to put words to this nonverbal language that I'm attempting to describe, but it's like pointing at the moon. We all see, feel, believe, and perceive differently. I'm trying to name the nameless, to describe the infinite, to conceptualize the non-conceptual, to organize the disorganized, to bring logic to the illogical, to understand the misunderstood. It's a mind-boggling task because we are trying to translate from one language into another. And in that process, the original meaning is often misconstrued. So we're trying to translate body sensations that don't have words into a communication style that has words. It's difficult. I can't tell you what your sensations are telling you, what they're trying to say to you. What I can tell you is that you are the only person that can strengthen your ability to connect with your body and gain its wisdom. How you do that is up to you. I am here to provide you more reasons as to why it is vitally important for your own health and for our culture at large. So how do we bridge this gap of differing views that are based off of unaligned feelings and unique emotional triggers? What is standing in the way between me and someone who sees the world opposite to myself? The answer is, we start with us ourself. My emotions begin within me. I have to take responsibility for how I feel 
within my own body. This is how I feed the flower of my inner power. Oftentimes, we are in our own way. Applying this body wisdom to your life is what helps you to get out of your own way. I begin by healing my disruptive emotions, the part of myself that culture has trained me to control and to hide. The big elephant in the room is this. We as humans are horrible at hiding our emotional triggers. And by trying to control them, we stop the ability for them to self-heal. We all know when someone near us is emotionally triggered. But when we ourselves are drowning in emotions, it becomes much more difficult to recognize in the moment we are feeling it that we are feeling an emotion. This ability to recognize our own triggers is a muscle that we've neglected, but it can be strengthened once we put our attention onto it. We neglect this muscle by controlling our sensations. We stop our emotional healing by intentionally breathing through our emotions when we feel it, or we distract ourselves to eternity so we hope we don't have to feel uncomfortable again. When we do this, we shove our emotions back into the volcano to explosively reveal themselves another day. When we say no to our feelings, the wisdom of our body has been denied and we lose access to vital information that can help us to improve our life. Our triggers will always return if we deny their ability to heal. The way to heal is to feel. The way to forever resolve a recurring disruptive emotion is to feel the physical sensations that produced it and allow it to evolve how it wants to. This small detail is a huge shift in awareness. So let me say this again more directly. Physical sensations create our emotions they know how to heal themselves. We know we are anxious because we feel it within our body. So what creates physical sensations that disrupt our life and why is it important? So our brain is excellent at recording nonverbal information. That 90% that I was talking about, it's really great at recording all of that. And that's what it does better than almost anything else. It uses this data to predict what is about to happen next in our life, all based on these old recordings from the past. So these past recordings create these predictions, and these predictions are what are our emotional reactions currently now in our adult life. So we're all doing this right now as I speak. When I say the words glorious and your mind fills in the blank, glorious and free. Hold on a sec, I need to drink some water. So how did that water taste? As long as you could hear it through the microphone. Ah, everyone has experienced water before. 
So as I drank it, your body has that sensorial data of your first experiences of water. And each experience thereafter has updated that prediction. By me simply drinking it and you hearing that, you also experience it. Your body is predicting that because of what it knows. So the most interesting part that I find here is that the foundation of this recording and predicting super ability is activated in our earliest years of life. From our conception throughout the entire gestation process in our mother's womb, when we were born and until about five to six years old. Why do you think we call children a sponge for information? Imagine all of the high stress moments that were possible from the perspective of a cognition that has no reference point to what life is. This is where the glorious garden of trauma and our disruptive emotional triggers live within us. The monsters that live within the basement of our mind are not monsters after all. We keep parts of ourselves locked down there. And when it tries to come up for air, we flood it with logic and lock it away. Who we are denying is our wounded inner child, the part of us who could only communicate in this ancient language of physical sensations, the part of us who could not comprehend a world of humans that communicated by wounding one another. So it learned how to protect itself by creating these predictive patterns that we see as our, emotion, as our disruptive emotional triggers in our adult life. Our inner child is continually nudging us and all they want is to heal. They want us to feel their calling and that alone will put them to rest. This ancient form of language does not care about the verbal symbols that we call words. Our body-mind is a divine gadget that has been designed to predict the future and keep us safe. For good and for bad, these predictions are based on our most fragile moments of life. And whether we choose to believe it or not, they are stealing our energy and fooling us into thinking we know who we are. I believe that one of the most effective ways that we can come closer to finding our true self is by putting our attention onto what our body is telling us when we feel emotionally triggered. This inward attention becomes an unspoken communication that gives us a view into the prison cell that we have been put into by these systems of how our biology works. I say this with intent. We all have emotional baggage. Our internal triggers are really not ours. They were created through an automatic process without consulting our conscious awareness. And they have also been passed down for generations. So only you can answer these questions. Which emotions serve your self-empowerment? Which ones serve the betterment of our culture? Do you want to heal?
Are you willing to take responsibility and self-heal your emotions that no longer serve you? Are you ready to feel your true power? One of the ways to start to begin to answer these questions is to put our attention on the places where we feel uncomfortable, where these disruptive emotions invade our lives. So in biological terms, this theoretical prison was intended for our survival, and it's done a phenomenal job at that. However, if we want to evolve into a species based on love, then we must heal the fear that smothers our love so we can find true peace, so we can harness and grow our inner power. Peace and contentment is our emotional homeostasis. It's our baseline. This neutral foundation of contentment and peace is what provides us access to all of the higher vibration emotions that humans are capable of. Contentment and peace provide us with positive emotions. They give us the ability to get there and to have more of them. So harnessing our ancient technology of these physical sensations gives us the power to transform fear and uncertainty into sovereignty and positive action. This work has taught me to always point my fingers at me, not at others. When the person in front of me is triggered, chances are I am as well. So what came first, the chicken or the egg? Who triggered who first? With emotions, we have been trained to believe it's always the other person who threw the first punch. But if I look inward and explore my sensations, I find that I myself was triggered very early on, much earlier than I had become aware of before. So does it really matter who was first? We start with healing our own wounds, and then these emotions become healed for a lifetime. They don't resurface unnecessarily after that. The triggers that I experience are my obligation to heal. And I feel blessed to be graced by the mirror of another person's emotional outburst. It is my duty to hone my attention so that I can find them. Once I find them, I can heal them. Once I heal them, they will never invade my life again. This is how I tune my compass and rediscover my power. I believe every person has the innate ability to do this. Even if our culture has taught us differently, we can recreate our culture to have this base understanding of self-healing and inner power. Emotional sovereignty begins with a personal responsibility to attend to my emotional triggers. Once I've done that, I can then express proper boundaries and build a bridge of communication instead of destroying the bridge altogether. Let us join together as a community to increase our emotional intelligence so we can share our sovereignty with those in our world that need it most. The singular cells that comprise our physical body 
have magically learned to work together with each other for the common good of the whole. They work together as singular entities and create our body. We are alive today because of their cooperation. So what is stopping us humans from coming together towards a common purpose? Each of us is a singular human cell in a community that is the body of our earth. So if we can heal our emotions, then I believe we can find a way to appreciate and respect each other in a whole new way. The possibilities are infinite. Even if the outside world looks a bit different, we still have a lot of power that can change things. And I thank you for joining me in this journey.